Agent Pursuit Business Mastery is produced by CIR Realty and presented by Kirsten Favron and Lindsay Smith. CIR Realty is the largest, most productive real estate brokerage in Alberta, Canada, and has remained independent and Canadian-owned since 1983. Learn more at agentpursuit.com. Enjoy this episode and subscribe for more great content. Welcome everyone to another great episode of Agent Pursuit. I'm here today with Joel Gwillem. Joel, thank you for joining us on the show today. I appreciate it. And we're going to be talking to Joel about a very successful career that he's had. Uh, been a top producer at CIR for many, many years. But Joel has built his business in this really cool micro area. Um, and, and, you know, micro, I mean, we're talking downtown, the downtown core. And we're going to talk a bit about that. Of course, he's done deals in other places as well. But um, Joel, you've done such a good job of focusing. You've done such a good job of building a personal brand for yourself. So welcome to the show. And uh, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Cool. So let's, um, oh, we haven't started yet. We'll see how fun it is at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your real estate <clears throat> history up until now, your past, how you got into it, and then sort of where you got to today. Uh, I always tell people I don't really have like a success story behind getting into it. Um, I knew I wanted a few things where um, no boss, um, no roof for, for income and whatnot. Yeah. And you could really set your hours and kind of go at it. Um, and really earn a decent wage without having to be um, step by step through the corporate process or whatever that might look like kind of thing, right? I never envisioned myself as like, okay, well now I'm 50 or 55, I earn a good wage, but I don't have the motivation to go travel or live life or have fun with it kind of thing, so. Totally. Yeah. Did yeah. you do sales beforehand? No, I just did uh, about a couple months of serving actually, so. Really? Yeah, and figured out that wasn't for me because I was kind of honest. Yeah. A little too honest. I didn't really like <laughs> kiss the butts of a lot of the, the customers. I was more so right and blatant and everything like yeah. that. So yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't working for me. Yeah, but I mean, I, I also tell people I found out what I didn't want to do about six or seven times by going through a bunch of different labor jobs or serving jobs or moving jobs and everything like that, so. So, so without, <clears throat> call it sales experience, but you also had service experience and sure. you got a, lots of it's intuitive, but when you started in real estate, how'd you figure out what to do? What, like, what, how did you kind of say, how am I going to start getting my clients? Like, how did you learn at the beginning? That's the biggest question. And I think for, so I'm in my 13th year. Um, and back then it was, um, yeah, it was kind of like, okay, you're, you're fed to the wolves with a, with a lot of it in sales and especially real estate. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work with, um, Len, yes, Len who, Fawcett, you, right. who you took over, right? Yeah. And he had this amazing drill sergeant way to say, this is how you do real estate and it's this way or you're not going to succeed. I mean, you probably remember that. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people didn't really agree with it. It was a lot of like, okay, you need to call people. You need to door knock. You need to do this. And this is the way to do it, right? So I found a lot of people were hesitant and a little scared of that method because it's really going out of your comfort zone and putting yourself out there for a lot of no's. Yeah. And I said, well, I think I can do this because I don't really care to hear no or to get hung up on or whatever like that. And that's just kind of how I got off and rolling um, by calling for sale by owners, by knocking on doors, by doing flyers. And eventually it started getting into uh, appointments and um, second appointments and just like calling for um, like help, like a little along the way, right? I was yeah. never forceful. I said, you know, this is what I do. This is what I can provide for you. Let me know if you're ever interested or if you need help or if you can't sell in 60, 90 days kind of thing, right? So it kind of spiraled into that. And um, after about six or eight months, I started, you know, getting listings and listings because a lot of these people that 
were on um, like Comfrey and Wheelis before, they were selling, but they didn't have a professional helping them, right? right? So they didn't really know exactly what they were doing. And if they're not going to sell, they're eventually probably going to hire a professional. So that's right. Yeah. So you were kind of, you know, the, the, the first person who's top of mind for them. Yeah, very much. Like I left them a very nice package, everything colorful, business cards, um, comparables on their property, um, my thoughts on their property and just said, hey, I'm happy to help out. Feel free to call me. Or even if you have somebody that's interested and you, you, you don't know how to answer a question or how to go about something, let me know too. And I'm always happy to help kind of thing, right? Nice. You know what so, I love about that too <clears throat> is that I see a lot of people come into the business today and they're like, oh, I'm just going to engage on Facebook and I'm going to build right. this monstrous business. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a lot of, they do something, they sit and wait. Whereas even the days of door knocking, you know, working for sale by owners, things like that, it's a very proactive way to go out there and get the business. You're not sitting around waiting. Exactly. You're actually out there doing that. So you, you have a better opportunity to create your own reality. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, I said that. before, you, you, you don't worry about the no's and a lot of no's can just like hamper somebody's confidence for sure, right? So uh, tell, tell us about your <clears throat> friends and your database. Uh, did that take some time to start working? Did you start focusing on your database right away? Tell us a little bit about that, the, the people you know. Yeah, um, I, I haven't, I, like I think about... It was two or three years before I got into the business. I was full-time Calgarian kind of thing. I was right. kind of central Alberta before that. Um, so I didn't really actually know a lot of people from Calgary, like probably a handful, six, eight kind of thing. So I just started doing what I like to do. And at that time, when you're younger, it's going out and meeting people and socializing. Yeah. Right. So I kind of just built it around that to say, hey, like, this is what I do. If you need to talk to me about it, let's do it eventually or whenever. I'm not going to pest you right now because we're out to have a good time and enjoy the night kind of thing, right? Yeah, so yeah, totally. It eventually just got to a point where... Um, I would go to a lot of parties, a lot of functions, a lot of fundraisers, and then just kind of build up from there too, right? Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so you actually, did, was that a deliberate process of saying, I need to meet more people? Or was it just something that was also part of your day-to-day -day life? You just want to go and have fun yeah, too? Yeah. You, you, you kind of amalgamate the two to say, well, why don't I bring some business cards when I'm going out to a Perfect. cocktail party or something or a friend's party, right? rather than just like, okay, this is my schedule for work and this is my schedule for fun and they're not allowed to overlap kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And so you've, um, you've built, you've worked with a, a particular sort of demographic or geographic and I just got to give a shout out here, you know, out of the corner of my <laughs> eye, you catch the Calgary Tower in the background and um, Joel, this is a penthouse that you have on the market right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So um, kind of doing the double whammy of a little promotion this way and yeah. not a horrible view to look at. And yeah, then absolutely. Kind of, I, I look at it, I'm just like, oh, this is yeah. so beautiful. We're setting up for this just being like, oh man, like this yeah. is the, the ultimate place to uh, have some relaxation, the wraparound patios, everything else. Um, what's the name of the building? Six and 10th? Six and 10th. Yeah. Bet. So great. Uh, but this is also the home. This is the core of your business. <clears throat> yes. So tell us about the geographic area, your, the demographic that you like to work in. Obviously you'll take business in other areas, but tell us about, um, or, or will you, um, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about your, your preferred demographic geographic now. Uh, preferred is, it's a tough question because I like to work with anybody that's just like easy well, just wants to work with me essentially. Right. Totally. Um, but preferred would probably be like, I still do a ton of first time buyers cause I have a really well performing website that that's a lot of what it churns out kind of thing. Um, so, so that's always on the go and that's always the fresh outlook on business every year by year that I can kind of count on. Um, ideal demographic would be somebody in my position or somebody in my position five, 10 years ago. Right. Right. So that 20 to 25 to 30, 35. Uh, and then Perfect. you can uh, like identify with 
how they interact, what they like to do, where they like to go, where they like to travel. Um, and I like to do a lot of kind of send outs or surprise gifts. And it's a lot easier um, thinking of stuff when, when you're in that realm of headspace on your own kind of thing. It will be like, I think this is cool. Hey, I think this person, this person that just bought three months ago might like it too. Let's send them one too as yeah. well. So. Good for you. Good for yeah. you for thinking about that. I know that um, in the past I've received stuff from you and I'm always extraordinarily grateful and you hit it out of the park and I like that you get in that headspace and just think, um, you know, what can I do to surprise this person? Because that's yeah. the stuff that builds the most equity. Uh, totally. I find if someone, if there's a transaction, they're expecting a little bit of a gift, um, but if it comes out of the blue, uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah. So nice work on that. Yeah. So, um, so tell us about farming in terms of uh, a demographic. Do you focus on uh, a geographic area? Uh, tell us about some of the, 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 what's your strategy in terms of farming this demographic and or geographic? What's your philosophy to it? Uh, farming, I like to come up with like different campaigns every year just to kind of say, well, um, where do I want to be and where do I see myself in a few years, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people get set back with um, certain campaigns to be like, okay, they'll do it once or twice and then totally forget about it. When that third or fourth or fifth time, that's when the people start to remember the repetition that's sent out or emailed or flyered or whatever kind of thing. And that's when they really want to call or work with you. And then if they don't see it anymore, then they may say, well, this, maybe this person's left the area or maybe this person's left the business. Yeah. I think a lot of people um, from the consumer aspect don't really understand like, that we can work any area, that we can work wherever, however, and everything like that. So yeah. if you fall off too early, then it's kind of like all that time and effort and the years put into it is, is probably gone, right? So I like to just send out um, creative stuff every year um, to, to the inner city. I think that's probably my, my baby, I guess, in regards to area and where I want to work. I like to keep it close to home. And are you doing um, mail outs, like <clears throat> snail mail type stuff? Or uh, is, it, is it Facebook ads? What kind, of, what kind of mediums are you using for that? Yeah, so last year I did two t um, really, really big campaigns that were mail outs. Okay. Um, they took a lot of effort. I mean, I praise my new assistant at that time <laughs> for doing a lot of that because yes. that was when, when she was in her first couple months too. So I was telling her like, this isn't all we're doing. Like you're not just getting paper cuts and yes. licking until you're dry. <laughs> all Appreciate these that. envelopes back to back to back every day. But it's just a good time to hit people at the start of the year because then they set new goals um, and figure out what they want to do with their next kind of 12 months. And that could include moving, selling, whatever kind of thing. So we did two big mail outs last year nice. to answer the question. And then I'm always looking for opportunity in, in other avenues. And I like to do um, mail cards if I've sold or just listed a place where nice. I know um, days on market are shorter because then you can maybe reach somebody that has um, some sort of outreach to, to somebody that may want to buy that property, whether it be yes. a, a, a neighbor or cousin and uncle or something like that, right? So you really want to get them um, as soon as it's hot and then see if you can kind of either um, represent both sides or just have somebody come in there with the first 10 days and kind of be done with it. You know, I like that, especially you see these inner city condos, like you have a, a, these buildings where <clears throat> friends live together, you live that personally. Yeah. Where, you know, you're, it's like, oh, well, geez, my friend was looking for a place and, you know, we got this great unit and you can tell them about it and bring them the postcard. And um, so that's a great strategy, um, yeah. especially when there's such a, um, such a tight-knit community. It I, is. I find that the suburb, the suburbia people like to live in the suburbia. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have lots of kids or something like that. Yeah. And then, and then the, the, the inner city folk, they love inner city. And they yeah. can have kids too, but it's just the same, same thing. It's Different like this a certain yeah. lifestyle, right? Yes, certainly. So that's awesome. Um, okay, so talk 
about some paid advertising. Um, so stuff that you've spent money on that has worked well or stuff that you say, I won't do that again? Good question. Um, I've all, like ever since I started, I've, I've probably lost like so much money and I look back and I just laugh because I think if you don't learn something from the mistakes, then you'll just do them again. Totally. And you have to find humor in it. Yeah. I, I was always the fact that like, okay, I'm gonna make real estate cool again and like very cutting edge stuff. And I had websites that were crazy before they needed to be crazy kind of thing, right? Yes. Um, so I had to either just say, well, let's scale them back or shut them down. Yes. Uh, and I've done campaigns that aren't trackable just because I saw the cool factor in it, right? And I think that's the main thing is you have to have a tracking method in your campaigns, in your advertisements, especially if you're spending bigger money because you can ask anybody you've done deals with throughout the year to be like, where did you come from? Was it this, this, or this? But unless you know the numbers um, down to a math and down to a science, you don't know if you should push ahead or just like cancel it right now, right? Yeah. So, um, the one throughout the bars and restaurants last year, that was one of my, um, this is a cool idea to right. start the year. Um, it hit a lot of people. Uh, I don't know how much business I got from it. It was very pricey. Right. Would I do it again? Probably not, unless I had backing behind it if I was representing an entire building or an entire neighborhood right. or a new project where the money- um, Some developers yeah, kicking yeah, in and had a bigger marketing it. budget with it. Yeah. But that was one of the ones where I still look back and I'm like, it was fun, it was cool, but it, it probably didn't return near as much as somebody would want by spending that much money kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. What, you're talking to a guy that took out a Yellow Pages ad in like <laughs> 2006. Wow. And trust me, people weren't using Yellow Pages in 2006. Yeah. Uh, so, so even still less than there, you know, obviously now or same amount anyways. Um, that, that's funny. So tell me this balance between, you know, you said you got to stick to it with a campaign. And how do you balance that with the trackability of a campaign? So where it's like, you know, I, I think I just need a little bit of time to make this thing work versus uh, this, I, did a, I sent out a mail out, I didn't get the results I wanted right away. How do you balance it to, or how long is it enough time to stick to a campaign? I think it depends on what you want the campaign to be, right? Is it gonna be regular check-ins? Is it, is it gonna be seasonal? Is it gonna be quarterly? That's I guess seasonal anyways. Yeah. Or is it just gonna be every year and you really um, hammer them out, whether it be just like um, something they can use, notepads or cards or, um, you know, agendas or whatnot, right? Yeah. So I, I think it differs on, on, on how quickly you want to be that person in that neighborhood. Because I, I found like even with one of the campaigns I did, I got a lot of sour calls, uh, probably double as many as I did for the warm calls yeah. that were actually interested in the campaign. Right. So you don't really want to press the gas and then just have everybody being like, whoa, this Joel guy is just like, flooding our mailbox got it he doesn't like to recycle or he's just wasting money and paper and everything like that so you can really um you really try and see it from the other end of it i guess right do you want to see a bunch of needless stuff every month or do you want something quality once a year kind of thing yeah so yeah. That, that's what i try and hit i think it's just something that what would i want to receive in this neighborhood or yeah what's good information or what's good in regards to something you can use around the house even too right if yeah, you keep just, it relevant like, and yeah. timely have some shelf life yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so, you said you work with, uh, or you talked about first-time home buyers, and in previous conversations, that you actually work with a lot of buyers as well. I do. Yeah. Tell us what you do to help create a great buying experience. Hmm. Or what are what are some of the things when 
uh, you know, even based on what you said about advertising, how you, you put yourself in the shoes of the person who's receiving the ads. Yeah. Um, what do you think buyers want? Let's start with that. I think they just want um, integrity, tangibility, and just somebody that's honest, right? So I go into an appointment, um, first meeting somebody, and I just say, there's probably not one question that I haven't had or can't answer for you. Um, I've done deals in probably all the buildings that we'll see, so feel free to just like ask anything, right? Nice. Um, ask it about the process. Ask it about what do you think about this taxes or condo fees, right? So I think I'm just very upfront, and um, I've developed a confidence behind that where people can see that it's genuine and it's not being salesy, I think, too, right? Right. So I think with new um, or first-time buyers, it's, it's still a fun process, so you can still make it fun and um, kind of answer their questions in an exciting way where they're um, eager to go shopping again and nice. not stressed out about it because there can be a lot of anxiety behind spending uh, a copious amount of money on a property and especially their first property too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you've read in between the lines on that uh, when you mentioned you know, you've sold the property in most of the buildings, yeah. um, the depth of experience that you bring to the table that you can say, hey, if you have a question about any of the building, I can answer it. That's a, yeah. that's a huge question. That's like a, uh, that, that's a massive data set that's rolling around in your brain right now. Yeah. How did you acquire that? Was it just boots on the ground and ended up, uh, like, did you wait till you do a deal in a complex? Or when a complex came up, did you learn about it? Was it research or was it ad hoc? I think it's a little bit of everything, but it's definitely just being in and out of uh, buildings and selling units in there. And right. even being I a guess part you're showing of, property in there as well. Even being part of some of these buildings that are 10 years old, and I went to the show suite 13 years ago and, and remember the floor plans and what they had to offer, right? Right. And I also have just a very odd memory, I think. I'll remember floor plans, square footage, which way it faces, probably a price range within two seconds. But if you ask me what I did two weeks ago, I'm just like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I have no clue. So I think that's kind of stuck with me in regards to just loving um, design and architecture and appreciating um, real estate because then you just remember, okay, if it's in this building or in this area, this is the street I love or this is the unit, the 05 unit I love because it's corner or two bedroom and views of whatever kind of thing. So I feel that that just like resonates with me a lot more than trying to just like say it three times in my mind and, and then having that kind of memory process. Right? Nice. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you're right. You do remember things that you have a passion for. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that Joel has done a fantastic job with is not only is he a snappy dresser, uh, but you know, when we look at his office at CIR and uh, some of the buildings, you know, you've, you've done staging before, you've, you've worked with that and that, that really shows, shows through in your, your taste and your style. Everything that's on the table here is Joel related. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're coming in being like, oh, you know, what are, we, what are we gonna do? And it's like, oh, look, Joel's got this beautiful thing here. Oh, look, Joel's got this beautiful thing. Look, Joel's got these beautiful chairs. So, <laughs> made totally. it super easy. Um, so, we're gonna have you work with all of our interviews. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> Um, okay, let's, let's talk about some, um, some technical stuff with buyers now because we had new mortgage rules comes in, come in and um, have you noticed it's affected a lot of people, uh, first time buyers? Have you, how are you working with it? Is there more education? Is it taking some people out of the market? I know this was started 2018. What did you experience with that? I didn't find too much of a setback this okay. past year. I found a few people saying, okay, we want to start looking in February, and then realistically, it was May or something, because right. they didn't understand at all. They needed maybe to save a little more. They made a little more in a, an account for a certain amount of time. Um, to be honest with you, I don't follow 
as much mortgage stuff as I probably should is because I've got a couple guys that are just like so top notch yeah. that I can just send to, whether it be an email or a text, and I have the answer in three or five minutes. Nice. So if I'm out with a buyer, knowing that we're gonna see a couple properties for a couple hours, I'll have a couple questions answered for them by the time we're done. And then it seems like I'm on the ball as well. Um, and that's reciprocated in the other way too, where if he's got property questions or needs an MLS sheet, I can fire it off to him kind of thing too. Nice. Right? So, nice. I love that too, because it's like you're, you've stuck to what you're good at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, and that's the other thing. If, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to admit it. And I'm going to say, um, if I don't have somebody that, or myself can't do it, let's send you off to somebody else. Because that's a benefit of CIR, right? Yep. We've got agents all over the province, all over the city, yeah. rural, all that stuff that I might not be able to answer, but I know somebody's going to be on it. Nice. Yeah, totally true. And that power of collaboration is, is so huge. Uh, yeah. And, and people are happy to do it knowing that they may have a question for me that I'm not going to want anything from it. Be like, you know, I'll send you these documents or a floor plan or my thoughts on this property. No, no problem kind of thing. Right. Because I know that we're all in it together. So now I... I don't know if I'm more, I want like a yes or no or a double wink to this question, um, but uh, without naming any names of buildings or anything, have you noticed there are some buildings in town here and across Alberta, you'll probably run into this, that some mortgage companies or CMHC or Genworth are shying away from, there have been problems with, is that, mm -hmm. and, and what particularly are they shying away from? Well, they've never really liked um, post-tension, right? Uh, which is a, a popular build, 78 to 82, during the concrete boom in, in the Beltline where um, they did s cable strands um, instead of the columns that you kind of see around. Yes. So it made it more open concept, but of course the wear and tear after 30, 35 years, they have to be checked more, right? Yes. Um, and you know banks and lenders, they don't take any risks. Right. If there's a risk involved, it's usually like you have to put down more leverage, more money, or we're not going to finance this thing. Right. Um, that age-restricted buildings, they don't like because then you're kind of clamping down who can actually buy this property. Right. If there's a problem, um, they walk yeah, away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're, you're only selling to 40% of the market, if it's 40 plus or 18 plus or something, that's how they see it kind of thing, right? Got it. Other than that, I think they've got their own kind of like red flags on certain buildings mm -hmm. based on seeing condo docs in the last couple of years and um, maybe something catastrophic happening yeah. in, in a certain building where they may have it marked as, okay, well, if we haven't built up the reserve fund enough, we're not going to lend if it's um, high ratio on this building kind of thing. Nice. So the, the, the top two are pretty much, um, I think, very consistent for the last couple of years. Right. And then there's other... Um, little tags, bookmarks they can have on certain buildings. And I can always go to a mortgage broker and they should be able to pull that up too. Nice. Um, if they're on the ball as well, just to give me an idea if somebody is interested in a, a certain listing or if it's priced really low, I can ask, you know, are there any thing I'm missing on this property that, you know, uh, that I haven't considered yet? And they can be like, oh yeah, well, nobody's lending on it. Oh, that's why it's so right. cost efficient, right? So. Ah, got yeah. it. Got yeah. it. Nice. Yeah. Um, switch gears for a little uh, for a second and tell me what in your marketing uh the way that you portray yourself uh you've done such a good job from that design perspective um this inner city living concept what do you want to be known for what do you want your prospective clients or the public to know about you in a campaign or not even a campaign just overall like you show up and what do you want them to know about joel i think eventually it's going to be like um I, I love the idea of just like trust, 100%. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we're always building towards. 
And it's, I think by every deal, we may be inching up like another 5%, 80, 85 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I want to be known as just somebody that can call for anything and not just like real estate. Right. And if they have a question about where to go for food, what book to read, where to travel, um, you know, what, what game to go or... see, what golf course to play. I want my, my personal passions to align with like my whole greater self. Nice. Rather than just be known as the sales guy. Or if, you know, somebody sees me at a bar, they're not afraid to talk to me about anything rather than be like, how's the market kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like I'd rather have real tangible conversations and earn that trust that way than just always talking about real estate too, right? So I, you have someone that came up right now. Let me just ask you this question. One or two books to read. Um, 5 a.m. Club just came out a few months ago and it, it blew my mind. I read a lot of books. Yeah. And that's one that I just couldn't put down. Really? Yeah. And it's changed my way of putting my days together, realigning like my headspace for um, work and life and gratitude and expectation and everything. Nice. So, yeah. It was Do you remember very, who, very cool. who wrote it? Robin Sharma. Oh, um, Robin Sharma. Okay. There yeah, you go. Yeah. I think he's, he's been, out of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's been promoting the 5 a.m. for a while. I yeah. Oh, yeah. quite... Uh, uh, bucked up to it yet, but um, okay, yeah. I'm gonna check that one out. But yeah, I mean, and, and there's different um, like genres or self-help or entrepreneurial or, um, you know, health and fitness and everything yeah. that I can recommend. And if anybody has any questions, you know, I'm happy to kind of post them somewhere. Nice. I think it just depends on what you're looking for at the time. Because yeah. if it's not something you want to take a bite out of, you're going to inch away after 12 or 15 pages and kind of say, I'm not really feeling it, right? So Isn't it funny how like some books just slap you in the face? Yeah. You're like, you get there and you're like, oh, this is exactly what I needed to hear oh, right this second. Right at the perfect timing. And, yeah. then, and then you can align what you want to do for your goals and values so much quicker. Yes. Rather than just be like, I was good, I'll put it down. And three months later, you're like, what did it say about starting off? Like, totally. but you're already so far behind because you weren't in that, um, that, that needing realm, I guess, right there yes. at a certain time, yeah. Ah, uh, that's great. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Um, okay, so uh, talk about the condo market right now. Um, how are you, what are you saying to sellers, investors, buyers? I'm asking you basically, how's the market? Yeah, it's, uh, I, I ask like, what do they expect out of their exit plan? You know, when did you buy? How much is your mortgage? Just, you're asking the hard questions right now. Yeah. Because they have to be expecting the hard answers, I guess, right? Uh, and it's always tough for us to give them because we feel, I know I do, when a market's down, it's just like, I feel like everything is down and it's partially my fault because I'm in the business and <laughs> I could have predicted it. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> totally. just, feel, yeah. you just feel like your, your voice changes to be like, well, I think you're only going to sell it like 450, even though you bought it 520. And yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. Like, but you can't do anything about it, right? Yeah, it's, if it's out of your control. control. You, you just can't worry about it and don't dwell on it, right? So I, I just try and give it as, as straight as I can. I, I tell people, I'm like, you may get some higher offers um, in regards to like suggested list prices, but this is always going to be tangible truth and honesty right here, right? Totally. So you, you'd also don't want to be on the market for a long time because price reductions hurt too as a seller because it's, it just it's chipping away at their bottom line every time they do it, right? So totally. Um, Short answer to that, it's, it's still slow. It'll continue to be slow. Um, aggressive pricing always wins. Yep. And just creative and better showcasing, whether if you need to stage it, virtual or actual furniture, or if you need um, you know, great shots, like dusk shots or something, make it stand out, right? Yeah. So if somebody's clicking through a bunch of listings and there's 12 to 15 that are you know, comparable to yours, and you just have a bland kind of 
stock yeah. image to start, they're just going right through it. So yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, if you, especially if you have competition within a building, similar layouts. Yeah. Why are they going to see yours versus somebody totally, else's? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just for you know some of these podcasts and information can get dated in, in you know the state of Alberta right now. You know we have high inventory situation. Um, the job markets are a bit softer, so we need the some of the energy prices to come back. So right. things are softer than they've been uh, historically in the last ten years. Yeah. And so we are uh, facing that market. So you know the advice that we're giving is obviously um, given that that those situations. Um, so. Overall, you've, you've built a, a business that's conducive to your lifestyle. Um, chat about how you've stayed consistent and stayed on track. And you just obviously referenced these books and such, but um, what keeps you going each day to get the results that you do? Um, what are some things that have helped you stay on track with that? I think it's just accountability to yourself. You know, what do you want to be known as? Like, do you want to, um, and I, even last year, like, I don't like to tell any clients of this, but everybody gets this. If you're in sales or in any sort of business, like I kind of just checked out mentally for a couple months there. Right. And then you just see um, on your back end that you just, you have no deals going, <laughs> you have no possessions coming up. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you come back to reality and be like, you know, I can either just coast and do something for me, whether it be work on me or get more sleep or go to the gym more to just kind of like yeah. bounce back like or reset, you can just, yeah. you know, figure out how you're going to do it in the next couple of years or the next couple of months. Sorry. Um, I think a lot of people, when it slows down um, and I'll come back to where I was going with that. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people, when that, when it slows down, they say, Oh, it's so slow. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, work on your next six months. Yeah. Cause this is where it starts just snowballing. Right. Totally. Instead of just be like, I'm slow now. And I, and kind of, wither away and, and feel the negativity behind it. Because in six months, you're going to be slow if you do nothing today. Exactly. You can work on stuff right now that can get p things out to your clients or host a meetup or give them calls or send them cards. And then there's going to be a little bit of a, a hit from that. You know, people know you're going to get back to you, you know? Yeah. It, well, it's so funny you say that because it was like, you know, so sales were down 14% uh, last year, yeah. not 50% not and last year being 2018 but it's like not you know like they were down but they weren't you know m you know tragically down or drastically down yeah i know it's sometimes it felt like it but just like you said it's like if you do something still it, maybe people move once every seven years earlier now they're moving eight to ten um so someone's gonna get back to you yeah like and just got to do those activities i love what you said about doing the meetup and that speaks to how you started in the business based with the conversation of you went out there and created opportunities. You didn't sit back and wait. My phone's just not ringing. Well, well you know, make the phone ring. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, anything else? Uh, keep consistent. Sort of like your own expectations, holding yourself accountable. Yeah, and and kind of going back to that uh, my story where I ran off a little bit there. Um, you know, I, I I kind of just like had that checkout for a couple months, but it was so good for me because then I got back to doing the things I wanted. Yeah. I, you know, I was missing like. I was taking piano lessons. I was having to cancel those because I was so busy. Yeah. I wasn't reading as much as I could have been. I wasn't sleeping as good. I wasn't going to the gym as much. Like, so those are things your body's going to check out naturally if you don't do those. Yeah. It wasn't so much that I was burnt out from the business. I was just like tired from not feeding my body life, I guess. Right. You know, if that That's makes awesome. any sense. Yeah, so, totally. So I think like a, 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 a cool down once in a while isn't the worst thing for you, especially for us. Like a lot of people can be say they're 24 seven. Oh you know, yeah, 365, like my phone's always on. I mean, that's not healthy. No. I mean, I thought it was when I was 25 doing the business, but yeah. now you appreciate that downtime and it's a good time to recharge and you come back. And I had my busiest December this year out of nowhere. 
just because I said, okay, let's fire away for the rest of the year because now I was good and engaged. And it, you could see it when you're meeting people and, and talking to people that you're at 100% again. Yeah. And you're ready to go and you're doing the callbacks and you're getting feedback and you're meeting people and eager about property again, right? Yeah. Rather than just kind of lulling at 55, 60% kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, nice work on that. Um, we'll probably have <laughs> you back too to be like, like, how do you keep that sustainable? Because I've seen people go through the ebbs and flows and, yeah. and markets, you know, get a bit softer and then people start losing confidence and, and they feel like they're burning out and such. But um, yeah. no, that's great. That's great. Now, I have to go back to something you and I have talked about in the past because uh, we didn't talk about in this me- meeting yet, but uh, you told me at one point, because you're, you're always out doing something. Like I just, uh, one of the things that Joel, Joel's got an awesome social life, a social life that I'm jealous of, but told me I can't come out because I go to bed too early. Um, so appreciate that. He's like, you can't be a loser if you come out with me. Um, so That wasn't my quote though. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. um, <laughs> which I appreciate. Uh, so tell us, uh, can you say to me, I decided I was going to say yes to more things or, or say yes to invites. Tell us about that. Right. Um, I think a lot of people, we're living in a kind of wishy-washy, I'm going to be a last minute yeah. deciding factor. You've got the maybe options for events and um, social media events, right? Like I feel like you should, one of my, my favorite slogans, I just always tell people, don't be a maybe. Either be like a heck yeah or no, I can't. Yeah. Because maybe I think it's more disrespectful than a no. Because then you're like, I'm either waiting for something better I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I don't know how I feel about your party that you're spending a lot of time and effort on. So I was always like, a, I can't do it. I'm busy or F yes. Yeah. Like, let's, let's do it. I'll see you there. And even if it's somebody I don't know, guess what they have? Friends. Yeah. I don't know them. Yeah. Right. Or if I'm putting on something that I recently, or if they're putting on something and I recently helped them. And if I did a good job, they're probably going to just like, explore some natural feedback throughout the party. And if I'm there, they'll drag me over and introduce me to people, right? Totally. So I, I always find that you just never know who you're going to meet by going out and just saying yes to things, right? And I mean, I had a really good contact with this developer and ended up doing a ton of business in this just from a mutual contact where I just said, yeah, let's go for cocktails. I kind of know what you do, but I didn't know how much you um, were out here on yeah. five or six different ventures he's a that many business owners and like not his outreach was amazing, but he was just such a humble guy. Yeah. Right. And I said, yeah, let's go meet up and chat about life. And it got to be the point where he's got contacts all over the world that deal in financing and real estate. And I was just like salivating. Yeah. And if I hadn't said, let's go meet this random guy, I don't know how it's going to go. We would not be sitting in this place actually right now. That's unbelievable. Yeah. How like these little things, and, and, and I always say it too, it's like the opportunity in real estate, it's great to sell some properties, but who you meet <clears throat> yeah. is, is just so powerful. Yeah. Um, and I love that concept of don't be a maybe person. Don't be a maybe person. Don't be, <laughs> don't be someone that calls and you know, RSVP and then cancels last minute. Like yeah. as someone that's booked parties and we do that all stuff all the time, it's just, I mean, again, some stuff comes up, but be that person that commits. There's many times, the amount of times that we've said yes to stuff, and I need to, you know, take a page out of Joel's book a lot more in terms of my some of my maybes. But um, we've uh, sometimes you wake up and you don't feel like it. You're like, oh, last thing I want to do tonight. But then when you get there, I always find 99 times out of 100, it's like, okay, you can get you know, rolling. Yeah, again. this is okay. Yeah, yeah, you can get the yeah. energy. The energy comes. Yeah. So um, that's great, Joel. That's such a cool philosophy. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Appreciate that. Um, all right. So last question here. Um, what advice? 
would you give a realtor who's, well, this is actually a two-parter. So number sure. one, what advice would you give a realtor who's just starting out in the business? And then the second part is going to be a realtor that wants to increase their business. But let's start with a realtor just getting in the business, looking to kickstart. Oh, I was just thinking about that yesterday. I had the perfect answer too. It may come <laughs> to me. I would say um, very much work on your sphere of influence. Uh, a new agent's not going to come in and have boatloads of money to spend on marketing. Totally. You know, send out sponsored ads and everything like that. And you don't want to do that, right? Because then you just feel like you're giving up a lot. And, and, and I guess I like the, the fact of earning it, right? Like yeah, going yeah. and earning the, 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 the buck the right way and not paying that much with advertising your first little bit. Um, anyway, um, I would say bank on just who you know and who you interact with, like on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, right? Like... Um, you, you can branch out so far, right? Like, who, where do you get your haircut? Like, who do you see at lunch? Where do you go for appointments? Like, you know, and just like, and, and, and do it in a way where it's just like, you're getting to that point that you're a real estate agent, not just right in your face kind of thing, right? Yeah. And listen to people too. I think that's the biggest thing. Everybody wants to be heard and they'll eventually ask you what you do, right? Yeah, totally. So I have a big thing when I go golfing, I never talk about business. Because I want to be there 100% for my game, um, focus, functionality, and everything like that. And it always gets to that. Yeah. Third hole, sixth hole, whenever, somebody always asks what you do. It's yeah. going to get there. You're out there for four hours, right? Yeah, yeah. So don't just like push the envelope right in the first tee box and be like, hey, man, what do you do for work? Great, let's exchange Knowing cards. that you're just listening to reply, you know what I mean? So it'll, it'll always get there as long as you are genuine and show concern and um, are actually engaged in what they do and what their life is yeah. is about at that present time, right? And I love how you talked about branching out. It's like you have the existing people that you know, but get out there, do stuff, say yes. You know, um, you know use those contacts to branch out yeah. and, and find out how deep you can go. And you, it's from the haircuts to everything else. I think people sort of think, oh, okay, my, the friends I have right now and the family I have right now. Well, That's it. That, and it's like, it could be much bigger because lots of your friends and family know you as... Um, you know, for me, it'd be like Lindsay was the fitness guy yeah. and not Lindsay, the real estate guy yet. Yeah. So I need to find those contacts that can know me as the real estate yeah. person. And this is a sad fact. I didn't do my first deal with a friend or family member for four or five years. So really? you can't rely on that. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's, it's fair enough at the, yeah. at the time you're kind of sour about it and be like, Hey, like what happened there? Like, yeah, I needed you on that one kind of thing. Right. But you look back and they're like, you know, they may know you as you know, somebody that's maybe, you know, going to get there and, and earn the trust. But a lot of people, they don't want the disclosure of their finances or what they have a, as a property, totally. like, dis, you know, um, flipped over to somebody that they know, like, and respect. And it's a weird mentality, but that's just how people are kind of thing, right? Yeah. So it's almost like you have to earn that business year by year by showing them that you can do it. And then you get your friends and family when it's, you'd think it would be the opposite, right? Yes. So I never relied on that because I had a few people that used other agents and I, I wasn't upset about it. I just said, Hey, I'd be upset if you used, um, somebody else as soon as somebody else got in the business. Yes. If you had another friend totally. that's one year in the business when I'm 13, you know, you know, so I can see how that impacts you. But a lot of people kind of get upset by that and can get discouraged by it. Right. Yeah. So I would say just like, um, get out there and, and, and do open houses and, and do, do things that other people aren't doing. And that, I think that has to roll into what your comfortability um, of face-to-face -face meetings or door knocking or anything yeah. like that. There's many, many avenues you can go. Totally. And then branch it around how you like to interact and what you like to do, right? Love it. Love it.
Um, let's let's switch it for a second now, sure. and well, let's go to uh, someone who's doing okay but wants to ramp it up, uh, wants to take it to the next level. Maybe it's the same advice, but uh, what, what would you say to that person? It's like right now I'm making uh, you know seventy, a hundred thousand. I want to do more. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's a good question because I think there's a lot of ways to do it. I think I would focus. If I had, um, if I was given X amount of dollars right now, I'd pump it all into online kind of thing. Yeah. Whether it be just like um, sponsored pages or just really have somebody run your socials. Yeah. That's always a good investment too. Um, or just like a, a, a fresh and new website or something, right? Yeah. You know, something to take you to another level. I would say focus on like what you're getting. Are you doing a lot of business from open houses or referrals or um, anything? And then find out that niche area, whether it be, um, one of two things that should be coming in consistently and then just maybe focus on that nice. where that can just start killing it in the next couple of years. So you've got three or four funnels rather than one or two. Yeah, that's I the think. case. I think yeah. lots of people just have that one and it's like, well, how do you get a few more? Yeah, operating? they can be really good at one. Like I know some agents that don't even have websites, but they're still like top 10 or yeah. don't even have like new phones. Like yes. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Not naming any names, <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, exactly. he's always ahead of me. So what do yeah. I have to say, right? Like, yeah. so that's the thing. You can so focus funny. on exactly what you're amazing at and then if you want to ramp it up you can't really get too much better if you're just really good at it i mean you can but it's not like 50 percent more going to funnel into that i think you've already plateaued us at a certain point after that yeah. just figure out like what are the other streams people are doing and what's effective that you can just maybe add to the portfolio i like that and if you're not good at it pay somebody who is yeah whether it be social or, or like videos or facts about the city, tours of the city, whatever. Like if you're looking international or whatever to get like clients in that way, there's so many ways to do it where somebody's really good at it. And you don't want to have to start fresh and learn the, th the things you need to do, right? Because you're focused on the other stuff that you're really good at too, right? So yeah. suck it up. And if you've got a little bit of marketing money, pay somebody and then it's probably going to come back. 100, 200 percent. Kind of well, thing. and don't spend all your money either, because it's like if you want to reinvest a little bit into yeah. your business to grow it, it's like that can't go into you know your your house or your car. It's like that's got to go into yeah, your, and your yeah, business. it has to be a campaign that you believe in, and you know you're going to get some back with that you can kind of keep adding on to, right? Yeah, it's not like I'd say, okay, well now just like go hammer out news art like ads or anything like that. Yeah. go go print, you know, like stuff like that. If you're doing anything online for sure yeah yeah i like it i like it joel yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for your time yeah, and of course. coming here to share with us yeah um so thank you for being on the show yeah well wel welcome to my, my yeah lovely abode right yeah so, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good i can yeah. get used to this view yeah um, lindsay has been sure. here a few times supporting my events so you were that's saying right. you said yes a couple I times said yes so i appreciate that yeah, yeah. man i just I, I love it and, and it actually you know you've you've inspired me from that standpoint of of doing that and getting out there and and it's nice because you can also have it where you just choose. And I, and I like the other term where either you're a yes or you're a firm no. Yeah. And because you, you can be that too if you need to take a little bit of time for yourself and um, say no. Yeah. Just don't be that wishy-washy in the middle. And I mean, if yeah. you're a no, it's fine. People yeah. realize that you've got life, other plans. Absolutely. And if you're a yes and you go for an hour to an event, they're going to be super happy that you came. Absolutely. And be super grateful that they hosted because I know you, you, you guys toss out a lot of parties, a yeah. lot of events. Don't and I mean, it's, it's, it's a ton of work. Yep. I mean, you guys could probably have a separate business of hosting parties for how much you've learned <laughs> like doing it, right? Yeah, but you know true. what I mean, right? So you have to appreciate that a lot of people spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, and it's so nice when people show up. Yeah. And if you get half the turnout, it's, it sucks. Yeah, you know? it does it's, suck. Because you just feel it. You know, you're just like, oh man, we put everything into this and now nobody's appreciative. Nobody showed up, right? Yeah. So 
Yeah. yeah. Oh man, great yeah. point, great point. Yeah. Joel, thank you again. My pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Um, everyone, that's our, our agent pursuit today. Check out this awesome Pantos, if it's still in the market, which it hopefully won't be very much sooner, but on, yeah. on uh, 6th and 10th. And I want you guys to check us out on Facebook, like, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And this is gonna be a podcast as well. So wherever you get your podcast, iTunes or uh, Google Play or anywhere else, uh, you'll find Agent Pursuit. So check it out our past episodes and a big shout out again. Uh, thank you to Joel and we'll catch up with you guys in a couple weeks.